0: And I'm down to dunk. I'm
1: Hamaru Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort?
2: I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm
3: down to dunk. I'm Shaquille Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. <sighs>
0: uh.
4: Episode 11 of Down to Dunk. You can find us on The Athletic and anywhere else you subscribe to your podcast. Go to the Athletic.com backslash down to dunk and get the athletic for one dollar a month. I am Luke! Joined this morning by Andrew. Like I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today
5: cool pretty damn cool <laughs> ah! slam through Taylor
3: hello 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 hey how many apples grow on a tree all of them father of mine tell me where have you been no I just closed my eyes my whole world disappeared father slam through and
4: Jay, it's Jay. Father, oh Guys, happy nine eleven. Oh boy! Uh, so
5: big week in the uh, NBA world. Thought we'd have to kind of make up some more stuff for this week, but uh, apparently we don't. We have
2: a, the NBA content
5: content machine. It just continues. Keeps rolling. Uh, Daryl Morey rolling, stepped down yesterday. <laughs> Right as I was about to make a quesadilla, Daryl Morey steps.
3: Rolling, down. rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> Sorry, we can move on
2: from Jay's joke now. I just really liked it.
5: You did. That's
2: yeah. <laughs>
5: Thank you, Taylor. Uh, but Daryl Moore stepped down. Elman, man, you've got some. You've
4: got some. Uh, some extra stuff on this, L man. Oh, I've been trying to do the online deep dive, and then oh.
2: This is for just talk through this. This is you. <laughs> oh, I didn't know
3: I
4: talked yeah, yeah, to yeah. this. I thought you're online am getting funky. He just started got, like taking back. Like, oh. Oh my gosh. Oh, Field Lord. Beat. Uh, trying to do my online deep dive, I find things about the online that people are talking about. And then when breaking news hits, no one was talking about anything else but Dale Mori out with the Houston Rockets and the implications. It's it's a big deal.
5: Wait, Elman, did you find anything on this?
4: No, it's just a it's, <laughs> it's broke. It's broken. this is what everyone's talking hey, about. This it's is
5: this is This is not an online deep dive. This is like the online shallow dive. Couldn't go deep, man. Couldn't this go is deep just because this
3: is the number one topic online right now. This is
5: the number one topic. It broke. You lose your music. Thing. Oh my goodness. Okay, but so
4: definitely don't no give deep him fun. music. <laughs> <laughs> when something like this breaks, you can't go deep. You can't go deep online. This Certainly. is what everyone's talking about.
1: <laughs>
2: All right. So here's 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 how I want to frame your this session or this section for you, Luke. I just want to give you permission to just be wildly and like unethically speculative. <laughs>
4: Oh, okay. I can do that.
2: Yeah, that's that's an easy way to make that sec that section work for you, man. It's just, hey, listen, I'm not saying anything, but probably what happened is, and then you just fill in the blank with just
4: your wildest imagination. Yes. Okay. Well, then. All right. Well, then they haven't come out and said the reason he stepped down is because I would really not someone. riff on this. <laughs> I'm going riff, riff. They haven't said. They haven't said he didn't murder anyone. There you go. Okay. That's and nice. until and until they do.
2: Here's Let me ask this question, Andrew. Like That's You've talked to one. a bunch of people about Daryl Morey stepping down. Uh, I feel like it's a good time to mention, like right now, you can go to theathletic.com, backslash down the dunk, and get The Athletic for $1 a month. But one of the things that Andrew's been producing is these kind of breaking news podcasts, and he'll bring on beat writers from the specific areas. And so it was great to have a, a week, not only the, the Daryl Morey one, is obviously the one that dominates, but Ty Lu was hired uh, with a five-year contract for the LA Clippers. And so both of those are substantial stories that give us some content to deal with this week. But I think the Rockets one is also so near to us. Um, so I think here, here, I just have a bunch of questions. Uh, I, I'm, How much of this is Daryl Morey? How much of this is Tillman? Like what's your best guess on that? I'll start there.
5: I mean, it's it was Daryl's decision, but it was because of Tillman, I would yeah. guess. So I don't it's 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 not like Tillman was like, Yeah, we want you out and he's like, Okay, I'll leave. It was Tillman just they just kind of backed themselves into a corner. And I think that he saw the writing on the wall and did not want to go down with the ship because they have zero young players. They have no they're they've traded away draft picks for their future. And so they don't they don't have that there. And you and obviously like the blueprint for that, like the thunder put that out there already is you trade the guys that you have and then acquire your future. You trade James Harden for a ton of draft picks and a young player and bring, bring that in. And then, then there's your future. But apparently, I mean, Moore's has not been a guy to tank. And a lot of it is that he's been in Houston and it's easier to not tank in Houston. Cause you're in this big market and you're making tons of money and you can bring in free agents. And, but, um, Yeah, I think it was 100% Maury's decision, but I mean, you can't say that Tillman wasn't a part of it.
3: Go ahead, Tayshon. Well, going back to Luke's uh, deep dive, (laughs) Maury, they have not said that Maury hasn't killed anybody, but actually it might be. uh, This was just made apparent to me. Tillman is in the mafia. That's been reported on. It's fact. So I wonder (laughs) if Maury became too
4: uncomfortable with the killings luke wow you know and thus i i say until i hear otherwise yeah he, you have to assume that there's uh there's that uh you know murders and there's, there's more
2: going on i feel like this is a good time to pause and put in our down the dunk disclaimer this show is not a real media i'm show, a reporter i'm a journalist but instead is a parody of a media <laughs> show I'm a so here's the I'm a other thing so so I think because this year was so exhausting or this basketball season and long, like, and I know that Tillman, it's just so confusing to me because when Daryl Morey, we forget about this made the blunder of the season, whether or not he was justified in saying what he said, right. In support of Hong Kong, uh, the peace rallies and all of that for their independence and maintained independence and all of that. Like, like he cost the league and Tillman millions of dollars. Yeah. Millions of dollars. Now it feels like some of those relationships are repaired. I heard a report that they actually started bringing back some of the NBA games here towards the end of the playoffs, but yeah, it's just, you know, I, I just, and this is just wild speculation, but like in its kind of direction, like I could see this being a conversation where Tillman, I don't know. I, I just, nobody feels super confident about him as an owner. Number one. Yeah. Uh, and so who knows what those conversations were happening, but I think you're right more than anything, Andrew. And it feels kind of, I think this is sketchy and I think we're going to wait for because because Daryl's incapable of not going and sharing all of this in some sort of media <laughs> form. Um, but I do think that some of it, like I wonder how history will evaluate Daryl Morey if he, he literally is going to leave that franchise scorched earth, which is wonderful for us. Oh, like great. we have their 2024 and 2026 first round picks. We also have two pick swaps in the next few years. Um, we also have a lot of hate for them and also a lot of hate. Uh, <laughs> but it is one of those things I think that, you know, and GMs can do this. And most of the time what happens is GMs are the ones that get fired uh, as they move forward in this. And so it's, it's hard to really harp on loyalty or what he should have done or the commitment that Maury made to that team. Uh, but he did put them in a corner in some sense by moving this roster in the direction they had. And uh, that's, I think the most intriguing thing about it to me is not necessarily the situation because I can only imagine how weird it was. Daryl Moore is a giant character, Telma Fertitta is in the mafia, like those two things are just such a giant piece of this. I don't really think he is. He owns <laughs> Bubba Gump Shrimp and Company. Uh, but <laughs> dude, Henry Abbott actually did reporting on this. Okay. I didn't make that up. <laughs> good, good. So I think the, the, like, the dynamics of that will come out, like we'll find out more and more about this conversations. But I think the the largest thing is what does this look like in the next few years? They have a pretty clear timeline that is, is short. Uh, You have probably what you have three more years of Russ. Yeah. Which there's, you know, I don't think these are real, but some of these aggregates are do the Knicks want to make a run at Russell Westbrook. I just don't think that contracts tradable anymore. Am I crazy about that?
5: I think it's, I think any contract is tradable. It's just a, Depends on what your expectation is in getting something back. I mean, would Nick, you, so
2: here, maybe a better question Would you have to attach an asset to get Russell on the Knicks? Probably depends how desperate the Knicks are. Probably
5: not the Knicks because they have so many bad contracts that they could just trade back to you where they're not giving up anything, really. And you could just say, We would like to have Russell Westbrook on our team and we, ha- we give you like. Todd Gibson and all those Todd Gibson-y $10 million contracts until you get to. And actually, they have a way of waiving enough players to where...
1: I think they can almost absorb it they they without having to much think just, about salary.
5: Right. They could just absorb him. And they could trade the Rockets back a second rounder. And you could just take him. So
2: I can see the Knicks if they strike out doing something like that, but...
5: I don't know. That I, don't those, know I don't think they trade Russell. I think that they try to operate similar to what they've been over the last year. And tr- I mean, you try to run it back. Like you, tr- you have a team that's ready, theoretically ready to go. You try to make some moves around the edges, and you try to move forward. Because with three years left, they're going to be too hard. Those guys are going to be too hard to trade. I'm not Harden. Harden you can get back a lot, but Westbrook is going to be too hard to trade. Yeah, but I mean and get back oh, God. God. like the only reason you trade Russ is to get something back. I mean, you trade you already traded away Chris Paul and two picks and two pick swaps, <coughs> and those assets are gone. And then what you have back is Russell Westbrook. And if you traded that away and got like nothing back, you would be like Kevin Knox back or something like that. Like <laughs> what are you doing? I mean, you have to you have to keep Russell. He still has value to your team today. But I mean the truth is that the Russell Westbrook trade is probably another giant piece as to why Maury is gone, because that really wasn't his deal. That was what James Harden wanted to do. And it has really crippled what they can do in the future. I mean, they almost in year in their last and their final year of their deals, if they're still on that team, they almost hit, I think they hit the salary floor by themselves. Mm -hmm. Just Russ, And James Harden.
2: Yeah, they're almost 90 million between the two of
5: them. I mean, it's going to it's it's crippling to have two contracts like that. It's not crippling if you're a title contender. But it's also not not crippling if you
2: have an owner who like Steve Ballmer, because he's going to be in the same situation. But Steve Ballmer, like he just prints money in his basement, you know, like (sighs) tell me for Tita.
4: Wow, Jay, I think this is an important time to say that we don't do that. That's a crime as well. (laughs) <laughs>
2: is true. But it's one of those things with like the assumption and it's early in Fertita's ownership of an NBA team, but everything is leading to this place where it feels like he's going to be one of those owners. That's not going to want to get into the luxury cap or luxury tax. Want to, I mean, how do you create a team that's relevant, stays good, fills the arena? But I don't, it doesn't really matter how far we go. I just want to make sure that we're making money. And that's just a bad combination for them, a great combination for us.
5: Yeah. Uh, Kyle Panabaker from Periscope wants to know Do we still need to tank given the outlook of the Houston Rockets future?
3: Yeah, we still need to tank, y'all. We're, we're not just solely dependent on the Houston Rockets future.
2: There's a lot more going on over here. Well, and I think the thing that's important looking at the Clippers and the Rockets picks and the heat is the fact that the Thunders is the only one that you can really control, somewhat control where it lands. There's always going to be luck in the lottery, Mm -hmm. right? But the Thunder, if you take, you know that if you're not very good. And rarely does fortune smile upon the Oklahoma City Thunder franchise, right? That was beautiful. Like, especially in the most recent things. Uh, but I think it's this season because of how stacked the West is because of the fact that the Thunder have these pieces, this last season was perfect for it. You played Chris Paul, you played Danilo, both of them were healthy. Both of them are incredibly productive. Dennis Schroeder moved to another level you have with not because I mean, Gallo is a free agent, obviously, but you have those guys at the highest value that they could possibly have. Um, So everything is setting up to where you can move off of those guys while gaining assets, which before the season or when the trade happened, there was a question about that, right? Uh, And so you can move both of those guys, get more assets. And then in a season where the West, everybody, but the Thunder are really competing. uh, I just think the Thunder are going to be set up to like hit bottom real hard one year, get a really good pick in that 2021 draft, and then already start that kind of incremental growth um, forward with, I mean, Bazley Dort, I know it's a question mark how much into this they're going to be, but Shea, and then probably a top five pick in the lottery next year. Like it's, if fortune finally kind of changes for the thunder, I just think this year is the perfect year to hit bottom. And so uh, I, I don't know. I don't know why you would just run it back with the chance that even with this team fully intact the way they were, like there's no guarantee that number one, everybody's going to be healthy. And there's no guarantee that even if they are healthy, that they still make the playoffs and you, that's just not where you want to be. Yep. So tank, 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 let's do it. Get it over Tanker. with. Let's go.
5: Also prepared that it could be longer than one year.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, but if you get a top five pick, like, my thought is not that they're going to be immediately back in the playoffs within two years, but yeah. if all of a sudden you show up and you do have—I mean, we just keep saying Kate Cunningham—that's really highly. Yeah, that would be difficult. Uh, well, but if you have really Shea, Kate, Cade, I mean, we we project Bailey be Dor- Dor- its going to be a lot of fun. Carson Cunningham, my thing.
5: We just don't. I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll see. You have to hit. I mean, you have to hit, and there will be there will likely be years where you don't hit it's more likely that you're going to have years where you don't hit. And even in the, in the lottery, if you're in the lottery, then just have like year after year of hit, 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 hit. I mean, it's, it's just something that we have to acknowledge.
3: Right. I'm going to say this is Presti's fault for already setting the precedent of him hitting every single year for like five years in a row.
5: I know. I know. I mean, it, I mean, it's just, like imagine if Cole Aldrich was like in between like the the Russ and Harden picks, you know? Yeah. Certainly didn't hit on that lottery pick. I mean, there's there's just I don't know. I just don't want to I don't want to put put it out there that like you tank, you get your 2021 guy and then you're set. Because I just that's I mean that would in an ideal world. Yes. Um, I think
3: it's a strategy though, to keep Thunder fans at bay, Andrew. So what we do is we say, it only takes one year. You just take one year guys. Can you just sacrifice one year? We'll get the guy. And then we don't get the guy. And it's like, guys, I think we're just going to need one more year. And you just, but
2: but what I was trying to say is it's going to look very similar to the way that it did with Kevin Durant. They were horrible. Again, got a top three pick or top five pick got Russell were not good again. And then got the third pick and got James Harden. Like, that's the thing is, this is, this is going to be a probably three to five year process of adding players. Mm -hmm. But what I think happens is if you get a lottery pick to team with Shea and Baisley and Dort, the excitement level, because Mm -hmm. what you're looking at is like the interest of the team. This year's going to be hard. That's the truth. Like, I think there'll be a lot of people that are excited, like, hey, let's just see what this team's going to do. But then when they lose like 20 out of 25 games over the course of the first 30, you know, like it's going to be one of those things where everybody's like, oh, okay, this is exhausting and they're going to forget that. But then you add, once you add that piece and they're not going to be good, like how rarely does a rookie come in and lead a team into another echelon of, of good in the, in the NBA? Mm-hmm. Very rarely. It has to be transcended. Even Kevin Durant's first year was horrible. Um, And so it's one of those things where it's like you're building those, but the excitement and the momentum is moving forward. And that's what's going to be the big thing for me is they can be exciting and growing and have young talent and still be really bad. I got Uh, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I get that it's not, you hit on one and then it's over, but it's like, you know, it's going to look, or hopefully it feels very similar to what this does. And then along the way you have these Houston picks that could be incredibly valuable comparatively. You have Clippers picks, which who knows what's going to happen with those. Mm -hmm. You still have some heat picks, you have swaps, you have all these different things to try to maneuver, to create peripheral pieces. And so I just think that there's such a high potential for this to be a growth thing over the next three to five years that you just want to get into it now.
5: Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, yeah, sooner the better.
2: And you worry if Dort's too good to tank.
5: Is Dort wow. too good to tank? That's the question.
3: <clears throat> I think we have to trade Dort and SGA if we're going to tank because they're just going to be too good.
5: Is SGA too good to tank?
3: Pressy <laughs> calls around. They're like, "Why are you trying to trade SGA?" Because I'm tank. trying to
5: tank, man. He's trying to. He's tank, too man. good. He's yeah. Too good. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I don't believe that he is. So no, me neither. <laughs> uh, Ty Lu and Chauncey Billups uh, were hired by the Clippers yesterday. Uh, I guess Ty Lue was promoted. Chauncey Billups was hired. Also, Larry Drew was hired as an assistant coach. So lots Larry. of experience there on the Clippers bench. Uh, there's, I feel like there's not a whole lot to talk about with this one because Ty Lue was on the bench last year for them. I think it's funny. You guys were talking
3: about the Lakers uh, on dream team. You were talking about the Lakers coaching staff and how it's like Lionel Hollins, Frank Vogel kid. Like it's like a really legit coaching staff. Yeah. And this Clippers one feels like the little brother version of that.
5: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like Like it's like like the less good
3: version of that at every point.
5: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it it does it definitely does feel like that actually it just
3: feels like the clippers version of that that's basically what the clippers have been right. their entire
5: oh my gosh
3: existence
5: yeah yeah i'm interested to see it doesn't feel like tylu changes a whole lot from doc rivers but maybe he does
3: who knows did lebron ever clap at tylu's uh coaching scouting jobs when he was on the calves <laughs>
5: that's a good question i didn't I didn't hear that. I've never heard reports. No. Of a round of applause for a scouting job for Ty. But he's had success in the past. He was also with LeBron. And that group of Clippers, guys, seems to be a tough group to lead. I'll say that.
2: They need to make a trade. They need to add somebody. It's just... I think you just have too many passive guys, and then one extremely loud guy that nobody wants to listen to. Yeah. Um, In Pat Bev, like I think you just need to trade. Um, Are you trading for? I don't know. I mean, I think you could. I, I mean, I have no idea, and it depends on what you want to put out there. But I mean, it's funny. Like I know this is stupid, but and probably nobody would do that if there was a way for you to get Russell Westbrook. Russ would actually fit pretty well on that team, next to Kawhi and Paul George but they're not, they're not going to do that. Maybe, but probably not. But you put together the Lou wheel, you put zoo box and you have to, you probably have to sign Marcus Morris or, uh, Montrez to something and then send them out kind of as part of that, which I don't know the dynamics of that. That may not even be possible, but you just need somebody that can go out there and kind of at least lead something. Um, Jay, that sounds like a sabotage trade.
5: That really does. It's, yeah. I'm okay with that. Like, That's fine. It sounds Yeah. I think like you're,
3: you're throwing out a sabotage
2: trade. <laughs>
5: Is Russ really the guy you want, though?
2: Well, oh, I don't know. I mean, I think it, I think Russ I think proved himself really through part of the season that that he can be, if you surround him with shooting, he can be really good. Like, I think you put him next to Kawhi and Paul George. Like, I think you have a pretty high chance of him being a best, a, a really good version of himself. Uh, he already has a relationship with Paul George. There's the LA connection. Like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm throwing it out there as far as, like, who would be somebody that would come in and bring some of the things they lack.
4: The funny thing is, is that they when you describe who they need, it's you're describing Chris Paul. Yeah, and it's I mean, really the type of leader so. they need yeah. when they when they have that leadership vacuum. Which for the same contract
2: one less year, you can maybe put something together. But what asset do they have? The, the thing is with Houston is Houston still wants to be relevant and adding Montrez Harrell, adding a Lou Williams. Like it makes that Houston team in my mind. I think the Houston team actually probably is a little more holistically complete you know for that houston team can you
3: we talked about like man imagine being the head coach of this houston roster well now imagine being the gm of this houston roster all your stars are old as nuts everyone else pj tucker you have to resign. he's 35 like imagine trying to be the gm and do a good job with this
2: team what, is pj tucker year? off this year is this is he is his contract over
5: he, uh, he, I think he's due for. Let me see.
2: This thing, an extension. He's got one year left. Okay, I was about to because I I can absolutely see them not like giving him a pretty low offer and him not taking it.
5: He's thirty five. This is his
2: this is his last contract.
5: Yeah, he's thirty five though. Like, could you? Really it's going
3: to be a him? veterans contract. It's going to be like a he doesn't do much now i mean he's like I, a just good think he knows, I think he
2: knows his value for that team now can he get something somewhere else that's i mean that's obviously the million dollar question mm-hmm. but i think one of these teams would throw like a two-year something 40 million dollar contract at him or something maybe somebody that wanted to compete and knows what he brings to a team like i think that there's a team out there that would do that
5: yeah it feels like a king's thing to do right just a two-year 40 million
2: i don't know maybe
3: Jay is trying to sabotage the whole league today.
5: Or, or the Suns bring him back. Feels like a Suns-Trevor Ariza move. You know. It's
2: true. Now, part of that, we also don't know what the salary cap's going to look like, but from what... I think free- Brian Wendell is the one that said that they're probably going to freeze it to the level it was maybe last
5: year. Yeah. Which is... And, it's potentially pretty scary. Uh, for players, it is. Because to when they don't when they don't get to the number that they think it's going to be or that they freeze it to that money comes out of the pockets of the players and so whatever it is like it, they it could be 30% of their check just has to go right back into the league because they're going to miss that number like they're going to absolutely miss it and so i just wonder like how much the players have considered that fact because yes, you freeze it. it sounds great. Everything operates just like it should. Cool. We're moving forward. You get to the end of the year and they're like, wait, I was supposed to make $10 million. And after taxes and taking out 30% of my check and paying my agent, I made two, (laughs) you know,
2: I yeah, and, and so maybe expand on that a little bit, Andrew. Partly is that because the revenue sharing between the, the players and the way the CBA is currently set up is 50 50. Players get fifty percent, owners yeah. get fifty percent. And if that if that one hundred percent is seventy percent of what it was, what does does that mean that both sides get less, or that means that the yeah. owners still get their fifty, and then the rest gets divvied out to the players?
5: Yeah, both sides get less. It's
2: just way different for a billionaire to get less than.
5: Right. Yeah. I mean, this is, that's like profit for them, you know, and, but for the players, it's their salary.
3: Yeah. It's a good word.
5: It's, I mean, it, that's, it's a definite possibility that you, that these players that think they're getting like Lou Dort is going to make, I mean, the money that he'll make because of they're not going to get to that number and taxes taken out and everything like his number is very is much smaller than what anybody would imagine
2: do you so adam silver is pretty clearly trying to make it like his goal 82 games full playoffs yeah in in stadium in home cities no bubble like that's the goal for everybody right that's
5: the goal yeah
2: so you're thinking so your assumption on them not making the salary the salary cap uh is the fact of basically they're not gonna be able to do full stadiums for at minimum 40 of the
5: games i mean i would be surprised would you
2: yeah i i agree with that i'm just trying to maybe parse that out a little bit more for myself but i think you're right like my best guess, and this is just a guess, is March. Maybe April is when we get through this to somewhere else where there's maybe either a vaccine or treatments, yeah, or testing to a level that gets us more confident to be together with twenty thousand people in a giant arena. Right. Yeah. Um,
5: I, it's there's so much uncertainty around it.
2: Now, if they, now I will say this, if they and I wouldn't put it past them, the NBA to just be incredibly. Um, I don't know. They've just always historically been really good at figuring out different ways of continuing, like getting the revenue. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if the China relationship is at least somewhat repaired, is there something they can do there to increase revenue? Is there a way to, I don't know. I just, that's, that's fair. the hope I have is Adam Silver is a great commissioner mm-hmm. and NBA is always cutting edge. It's kind of the same thing we talked about, like the fact that they pulled off the bubble the way they did. I mean, yeah. look at the NFL, like look at major league baseball, like they all had problems, but the NBA, it was grueling. I can't imagine how grueling it was, but they pulled it off. So I, I could see them figuring out new ways to get extra revenue. But you're right. I think you're right. Probably half the NBA season is going to be probably 20 to 30% in arenas. And that's in states that have far more relaxed policies in regards to the virus. You know? Right. Hmm. It's, yeah, it's intriguing. It's going to be a crazy, it's going to be a really crazy season.
5: I think for the most part, like it won't change. It's not going to change a whole lot. It is good for the product that they freeze the cap where it's at. Like that's good for the product. It's good for just operating wise. But I don't know. Just something to keep keep an eye on is like, when do the players realize like this is there's like tremendous and it's I mean I'm not you know I'm not upset for somebody that's making two million dollars when they should have made ten. Yeah, but comparatively,
2: right? If you look at if owners are not taking the hit, but players are, like that's in some sense an unjust system, right?
5: Well, they're taking I the think, hit. The, the, I mean, everybody's taking the hit. Sure, 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 sure. But, anyways, we can move on to Jones factoids. <laughs> Dickery, Dick, Dickery. Jones
1: factoids.
4: Dickery, Dickery. I'm still like used to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: great. Well, guys, Maury quit. So my question is, what is the last thing you quit? And then some follow-up questions. Did you regret it? Why did you quit? And this could be a job. This could be like a workout plan. This could be a diet. This could be whatever. So let's go ahead and start with uh, Slam Through. Uh,
5: the last thing that I quit... Um, I, I last thing I quit was I quit working for an online charter school and, mm. uh, have not regretted it since that day. So the online charter school, the, yeah.
3: Oh man. You escaped,
5: <laughs> you escaped a harrowing fate. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the, the story now is very interesting. It's very, very interesting.
3: Yep. Yeah. So when you quit though, did you, I can't remember why you said you
5: quit. I was just wanting to do something different.
3: Oh, okay. So it wasn't like this weird sketchy thing happened. Well, part, of it,
5: part of it was, I was a special ed teacher and I was one of 40 teachers that was doing that. And I was the only guy mm. and the others mm. were like 40 to 60 year old women. And I was like, this is just not my space. It did not seem mm. like my space. I would say that was your space because of that. Was it? Okay.
3: <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, that's mine. Strong voice.
2: Uh, Jay? Yeah, I'm probably the last thing I quit. <clears throat> I mean, I've started and quit many, many diets. Uh, hmm. Haven't we all? Yeah, that's kind of life. But probably the last thing I quit was my old job for this job, which was 2012. So, it was a long time ago. And it was, it was the right decision in every single way. Wow. Major shade thrown at church of the servant. All right. No, it's not, but I (laughs) (laughs) just verbalize it. Thank you, man.
4: Um, The last thing I quit, I had, I was playing an online um, (laughs) game that you have to pay a subscription to play like a, like an MMO final fantasy, Uh, like a, uh, like world war. Uh, kind of world of warcraft. warcraft kind of yes um but it uh, was Final Fantasy 14 i quit playing that and i quit subscribing to it because i wasn't i wasn't playing enough hmm. and so it uh and i mean do i miss it yeah sometimes i miss it but you know it's 12 it's like nine or twelve dollars a month that's that could be spent on uh that's three beers maybe should have two arby's maybe i should have said trips to arby's I said hulu. Like
5: should i have said hulu
4: no oh, i also i also quit um i also pulled the plug on my cable quit cable and it's been great just now no it's been a few months it was probably I mean, like right at the beginning of the pandemic like february I, I got rid of cable like right when i needed it dude yeah you know, i got rid of cable too so that was one of them so it's been good we're all weird. Wait, uh, Taylor, do you have cable?
3: Uh, no, but I have Uh, you can the, go buy one of those digital antennas the,
2: and that's not nice. cable. Yeah. Here's so here's the complication is I got YouTube TV and it oh. was awesome. And it's been awesome. It's a little more expensive than it initially was, but they also lost the rights to the local Fox sports stations. Yeah. uh, YouTube TV
3: people have been to get out of that. Pretty disappointed in
2: uh, how
3: that's been going. Uh, The last thing I quit. This isn't the last thing I quit, but this is the one that really hurt my heart the most. I was 15 and a half years old. Actually, I was 16. It was right before I started working at the mall. I was 16, and a family friend of mine owned a house out in like a ranch out in Piedmont. And he was like, Come on out. You can work for me doing landscaping stuff, mow, weed eat, whatever. And I'll give you 20 bucks an hour through the summer. And I was like, Awesome. So I go out there for two weeks, just blistering heat. I'm outside. I'm little, like six. Jay, you remember 16 year old Taylor? I was a little boy. And I was out there, I was weed eating it's just nasty. Guess the end of two weeks, he pays me. It's like a fraction of what it should be. (laughs) And so I asked him and he said, you know what? When you work like a man, you'll get paid like a man. (laughs) And I I went home and told my dad and my dad was so mad and he called him and they are not friends anymore. And then I quit.
4: That's awesome. They were like friends. Were every like friends. everyone in that story is every adult in that story is awesome. <laughs> the the man exploiting you to pay you nothing. It's like you will I'll pay you like man when you work like man. That's awesome. Yeah. Dad's response, awesome.
3: He was so mad. It was like the first time I think my dad actually like stuck up for me publicly. I love that. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> First and last. Not last. He's a good dad. Well,
5: that was Station's Factoid Fickery Dictory. Station's <laughs>
4: Factoid <Thickery laughs> Figuring <flurry>. mm-hmm. Dictory. <laughs> <Factoid Thickery laughs> uh, the Reap. Station's Factoid Figuring Up the God, the end of that. it just, it's so unnatural <laughs> and robotic.
2: All right, let's rock through some Twitter questions.
5: Let's take a quick break before we get to those Twitter questions.
0: This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. And now on to some Twitter questions.
4: And we're back! (laughs) (laughs) We're
1: back!
2: (laughs) First Twitter questions from Zach Deeg or Zachary. Should the Rockets listen to offers for Harden? If so, what could you see them getting in return?
5: So I've got a few little trade, trade things here for you guys. Tell me what you think. Who says no? Let's play Who Says No? First one. Okay. James Harden to the Sixers for Joel Embiid and Josh Richardson. Who says no?
2: Probably Rockets. It would. I mean, you'd have to throw some picks in there for them to start recouping.
5: Well, you, st- you compete right away with that, right? Uh, Ru- Russ, Josh Richardson, Joel Embiid. Oh, Russ and Embiid together. Oh, it'd be great. It'd be
2: juicy. I kind of actually think that trade makes sense a little bit.
5: Okay, okay, okay. What about this one? <laughs> James Harden to the Raptors for Pascal Siakam, Norman Powell, and a 2024 first-round protected pick. Uh, the Rockets do not do that.
2: Yeah, dude. So here's the thing about a trade for a guy like James Harden is you're not going to get what you think
4: is equivalent. It's yeah. difficult. I don't. I don't think any of the any of these. I do. I think they just say... Luke,
5: just hold on before you call my trades garbage. Just hold on. I'm not, not calling garbage. garbage i not calling them garbage. I think the
2: Rockets man. say no to this one.
5: Okay. I thought that was pretty good. Siakam?
2: It depends how much you like Siakam.
3: Oh, dude, Siakam oh. looked good
2: at the start of the season and then was like, is Siakam good? <laughs> the playoffs him. were not the best way oh, yeah. for him I to really finish a season.
5: love him. I love him so much. Next one.
1: James oh Harden oh, to the Spurs
5: Lord. for Rudy Gay, Trey Lyle, DeJounte Murray, Lonnie Walker, Keldon Johnson. This one is garbage. Next one. That's awful. Okay, what about this Next one? one? James Harden to the Kings for De'Aaron Fox and Harrison Barnes. No.
2: Now that's interesting. I would need I would need like three picks from the Kings for this.
5: How about one? <laughs> Did you get De'Aaron Fox?
3: Yeah, the fun. De'Aaron Fox is what makes it interesting. Like you're not going to get the equivalent of James Harden, but you can at least get a young guy that his ceiling might be closer to a star.
5: Yeah, that's a young blue chipper.
3: That's, yeah, a, young, if you have that's a young. This trade young crazy, or the Sixers maybe.
2: trade, you take the Sixers trade immediately.
5: I don't think so. I don't think so. Would you rather have De'Aaron? A new Fox GM. Or- Imagine you're a new GM,
2: Jay. See uh, this is a build for the future.
5: Yeah, kind of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're also this trying is, to
2: figure out how to get rid of everybody else on your roster. Step number, yeah.
5: one. Step number one for the rebuild. And let's say the the Kings give you two picks. Yeah, that's great. Do it. Yeah. If you I'm
3: a new GM. And Maury's gone, and I'm trying to, like, be cheap, (laughs) cheap, extend my career under Tillman as long as possible. You do that with a young guy that could be a star.
5: Yeah. And then, listen to this. The Kings are back, baby. They got Buddy. They've got the Bone Dong on the wing, hitting threes all over the place off of James Harden. You've got Marvin Bagley setting screens, getting offensive rebounds, throwing down the hammer.
3: It's actually pretty similar to a Rockets roster. <laughs> if yeah. Harden was there. Yeah, and maybe Bagley
2: was the center. Yeah. That would be a really good Kings team actually.
5: Yeah. It would be. It would be. And if you're the Rockets, you get to rebuild with the Deer and Fox. I like that one. This one this this is I, my I favorite one. This is my favorite one by far. So those are some Was traits. that it? That's all I got. Oh, okay.
2: All right. Okay. I'll take oh. it.
3: Thank you for your hard work. Yeah, good job, man.
4: I'm back. Oh, man. Sorry, Dale bad. Sorry, Dale Man. Dale man I set my alarm and it went off and it
3: kicked me out of the show. Oh. oh, I thought you were getting out of bed and you were maybe in the nudity.
5: So the <laughs> next question from Matt
2: Kobe Zeller. Could the Warriors trade Wiggins and their second overall pick for Chris Paul? They could, but they won't.
5: They could. But think about the McKelly and I were actually talking about this very thing this week um, via text. That would make the Warriors really awesome, by the way. Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and then whoever you want to play as a big or another wing. Like At that point, who cares?
2: If this draft was better, uh, why wouldn't the Warriors make a move for Harden? Oh my god.
4: You I
5: to me that's is like that's a sabotage trade. For who? <laughs> it all down. For the this is a saboteur today.
2: Let's do it, man. You are a saboteur.
5: The, James Harden to the to the Warriors?
2: They already tried to get him. Or no, we tried to give him.
5: To that was before they clip. were good.
2: <laughs> you
3: want to like take the ball ago. out
5: of Steph Curry's hands and put it into James Harden's hands.
2: They did it with Kevin Durant, man. And then the warriors
5: just James Harden is different than KD though.
2: Yeah, he's the most ball dominant player in the last decade.
5: Hey Steph, that corner. Hey, Clay, that corner. Hey Draymond, set a screen for me. I'm going to the basket. You You know, know, in some ways
2: to be the sixth man again for them.
5: (laughs) Oh my God. That would be awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't, I mean, I just, I think you for the Warriors. You just say, thanks, but no thanks on, on that.
2: But I just, but for me, I'm, I'm just thinking like with the Warriors, having a giant contract and a second round pick or a number two pick, like I said, if this draft was better, um, where's the star that's stuck somewhere that he doesn't want to be in that team? Like a Blake Griffin.
5: Well, Bradley Beal. He, he's not, there.
2: Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal. Like Bradley. God, I would be so steaming angry.
5: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's the that's the one, right? Dude, if Bradley Beal was on the Warriors. Yeah. It's a problem. Yeah. See like something like that where yeah, Bradley Beal dominated the ball but but that's because the second best player <laughs> last year was Thomas Bryant for them. I mean, right. <laughs> honestly Ish Smith was like really good for Ish them Ish Smith too. was good? I mean, but here is what I would say. Like,
2: so for me, I am like, why wouldn't the wolves? If if that trade's there, like the wolves had had to work a little harder to get. It's not the there. salaries.
5: To, to be clear, it's not there
2: for Beal.
5: Yeah, Beal's. They're not. Yeah, no, no. they're not moving Beal.
2: Yeah, but you know what I am saying. Like, there is the wolves would give the number. Wouldn't the wolves give the number one pick and all of the other contracts they could to get Beal?
5: Yeah, like none of these guys are. Something. Anthony
2: Edwards will not sniff Bradley Beal.
5: Yeah. That sounds gross, but he I don't know. <laughs> if you were the wolves, <laughs> would you, would you trade
3: uh cat for Beal?
5: That just feels like a lateral move. It just feels like we'll, we'll still Does be it? just as good.
2: That's <laughs> what I'm saying is this, this job, I'll tell you what's probably the more valuable pick for the Warriors is actually that wolves pick for next year.
5: Yeah. Yep. For sure. For sure. Yeah.
2: All right. Next question. If you're the, for if you're me. the Thunder, would you right. do that?
5: If you're the Thunder, would you do that for Chris Paul? Wiggins in number two. Oh, yeah. Okay.
2: It's hard. The Wiggins is, what, three more years at $40 million or something like that? Oh, yeah. It's a lot of money for a guy that's very mediocre.
3: Yeah. Yeah, but, what I mean, this is what we want. True. Is Wiggins too good to tank? No. Is nope.
5: Wiggins too good to tank? Okay. All right.
2: Can the Thunder resurrect Andrew Wiggins? Sure While also adding James Wiseman.
3: We would talk
5: ourselves into Andrew Wiggins pretty fast. No. The potential of Andrew Wiggins, yeah, absolutely. No, 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 no. We would battle. I would battle so hard against it. I would the start deck. a Twitter account that's just based <laughs> on that alone. Really?
3: You yes. don't think you would end up talking yourself into Andrew Wiggins? No. There might be something there. No,
5: no, 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 no. <laughs> No, I no, think you no, no, would. No, I think you would. No, 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 because that's, I mean, you trade, you make that trade to to get bad. That's the, the goal, right?
3: Oh, absolutely. That's why I would
5: do it now. Once Andrew Wiggins was on my team, though, I'd be like,
4: hmm, there might be something there.
5: Uh, Miguel Devella says that Wiggins guarantees 41 home wins because he always plays so good in OKC. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. So he's only got, he's got, no, I mean, his
2: contract is not that bad actually. I mean, it is not good. So let me clarify that, but (laughs) it's, it's this, it's three seasons, 30 million this year, 31 and then 33 at the end of the contract at 2023.
5: I would like to ask you a question. What's not bad about that?
2: Well, in the sense of like,
5: well, it's they
2: not to get PJ Tucker twenty mil. It's not the super max number one, but number two is it's like only three years. So yeah. I guess it goes the exact same length that Russell's would have. Is that yeah. correct? It ends in twenty twenty three.
5: Yeah, it's pretty bad for a player that's not that.
2: That's not yeah, but that it's if, number one. It's like you have two years where you really have to pay it, and then the third year maybe it's a contract you can move to absorb. Like the Thunder. This is how. I mean, truthfully, this is how teams like the Thunder could potentially even get more assets. Is having the space to absorb really bad contracts and getting assets as a response to that. Like that's the, was it Kurt Thomas deal that yeah. got Jeff Green or something like that, which ended Wait, up getting what? us, I don't know, something Kendra Perkins. Huh? What'd you say? How did they get the George, the pick that they picked Jeff Green with the number five pick? Trade Ray Allen. Trey Ray Allen. <laughs> They absorbed somebody absorbed a contract that, anyway. I can't remember enough of it to be well, honest. You're thinking it, so. of Matt
3: Harpering, Jay? Okay, I have a question. <laughs> Would you rather have Andrew Wiggins or Harrison Barnes on your team if Harris- you had to have one? Who cares? Of the same guy. I know that's kind of why I'm asking because I was thinking like Andrew Wiggins and Harrison Barnes had the same like the same thing was thought about them coming out of the draft. Like this might be your guy. Yeah, and they are almost identical. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. You got to pick one, though. I'm picking Barnes. Bonzi. Yeah, give me Barnes. I think he's a little bit more benign. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Thank you. Tayshawn's Factory Figory Dickory.
2: (laughs) All right. Next question. This one is from at JLo2836. If you had the number one draft pick, who are you taking for Oklahoma City? Also, did our picks and pick swaps turn into gold after the news about Maury stepping down? We already talked about that a little bit. But, Andrew, who would you take at the number one pick?
5: Oh, man, I wanted to know who you want to take, Jay. You tell me first. You go first.
2: Um, so, for this team, you're just taking best available. I don't like Anthony Edwards. Uh, and I think James Wiseman has such a potential high ceiling. I like him. I really I really, really like Onyeku, Onyeka Okung, uh it's bad, Onyeka, uh, whatever his yeah. name is. The, yeah. the center from USC, I've heard you say it yeah. 8 billion times.
3: Akonu,
5: so yeah.
2: it'd be a stretch to get him at one. Um, but man, if you like him and you think he brings what you're looking for in watching him play. And that's the hard part is I don't know what Weissman brings because he played like two games for Memphis before he got suspended. But mm-hmm. that kid is so good. And I, I think that LaMelo ball is another one that people, um, I think I could see that's undertaking, but it would hard, It'd be hard for me not to take one of those bigs.
5: Yeah. I'd probably take LaMelo, number one, <laughs> just because he does have like a really high ceiling as a guy that can create. And he's six six, and so you, you have this backcourt of like two guys that are 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, I mean, some people think that LaMelo is closer to 6'7". So you just have this giant backcourt. And you listen to some people talk about LaMelo and they think he's a terrible defender because he was. But then others say that, you know, Lonzo was a bad defender in college. And once you get him into a structure like these guys are so smart. That they can that they can defend once you put them in these like NBA defenses and give them like specific instructions. So I would take the I would, and he's a swing for the fences. This is, I mean, if this uh, the Thunder are not going to get the number one pick, but if they somehow did, you swing so that you don't have to tank for three years, right? Because if you connect on Lamelo, like you're you're still going to be bad next year. But if you add, this is where you, if you add like another, like you could, I mean, Cade's a a point guard, but if you add somebody else to that, like you had a a forward that's all star caliber, then you're ready to go. Like then you really are, you know, LaMelo has a chance to be that kind of guy. Will he be that guy? Odds are no, (laughs) he probably won't be, but he's like your best chance. At getting a game changing guy, I really like a Kongwu. Really like him. He's like another guy I would consider. I would consider. Uh, I certainly would consider James Wiseman here as well, just because he has a really high ceiling and he's seven one and he can really move and he's he's got the the talent to to stretch the floor and protect the rim. So uh, I think there's a lot of intrigue around him as well. But I would probably take Lamelo at the end of the day. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Hey, so by the way, I did look up the Kurt Thomas trade that I was thinking of. The Thunder in 2000, gosh, seven, excuse me, Seattle in 2007 traded for Kurt Thomas
5: Mm
2: -hmm. and got two first round picks with him. One that turned into, I don't know, maybe Craig Brackens or something. And then the second one turned into Serge Ibaka. So that's what I was thinking of. Two first round picks to absorb Kurt Thomas's contract. So that's what I was thinking of. All right, here we go. Next question from Zach Deeg again. What Thunder player didn't live up to expectations, but had your most hype Uh, PG PJ three. The LeBron stopper was him was his. (laughs) The LeBron. stopper? Mitch McGarry was probably mine.
5: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mine was probably Cole Aldrich. Like I honestly thought Cole was going to be like the center of the future for the Thunder.
2: He was really good in college, but he was, I mean, yeah, it just, we should have probably known that in hindsight.
5: (laughs) Yeah. I I really thought thought that was the guy.
3: I thought Cole Aldrich was going to be really good too. And I also thought that Jeremy Lamb was going to be the most
2: important trade piece we got back in the James Harden trade. <laughs> that was more oh, of a had. hope, man. That was such, you're so right about that, Taylor. Like that's a good one. Dude. Cause at,
3: out of Yukon, you were like this dude, this dude could be a starting shooting guard. He's long. He could be really good defensively. Yeah. I don't know what's
2: going on. Luke.
3: Yeah, He's in the bathroom. I'm I feeling think
5: very uncomfortable about that. Yeah. Yeah,
2: That's, I think the lamb one, that's a big one too.
5: Yeah. 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 Perry Jones is another one for me as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But Uh, you, with Perry, at least for me, I had the, I at least had the, if this guy, like you always had that caveat with Perry Jones, right? Like if this guy figures out how to do one, two, three, yeah, then, you know, but it's like, you just knew that he doesn't have a motor that really, you know, it's like, there's all sorts of things that you kind of already knew uh, was going to be the reality for him. So that was my thing with Perry <laughs> Jones is like we, I was in, you know, at least at that point still paying attention to big 12 basketball. And so I saw him in Baylor massively underachieve all the time, you know, yeah. so it wasn't something that I was uh, shocked by. Um, I think for Mitch, Mitch would have been, he's just, if, if he wasn't such a, just screw up, he would have been, he's a perfect big guy for this era of basketball. Uh, Mitch
3: Mitch had the skill set of like <laughs> little snakes. like Lamar
2: being his ceiling yeah man he was big he could rebound he could score he could, run, he he could dribble. Shoot. He yeah could, you know like he just he just didn't he couldn't play defense obviously which is a problem but is that something that he could maybe have developed I don't know but I think it's one of those things with Mitch McGarry that he was the guy that I think was the most for me had the most hype but
3: mine is actually Steven Adams.
2: Next question. All
4: right. I got to go to work. Good luck. I'll talk to you later.
2: See you, man. Bye. Uh, Let's run through just maybe a few more of these. Yeah,
5: let's wrap. Let's wrap soon. Because we've got a, a special a special thing. Ooh, around. heck yeah. Oh, all right, yeah. let's let's
2: run through a few fun fun ones. All right. Uh let's rank the original Frito Lay's variety pack. This is from at JJ underscore O5 underscore okay. Original Lay's, Fritos, Barbecue Lays, Nacho Cheese, Cool Ranch, and Original Cheetos.
5: What's number one for you guys? Mine's Cool Ranch. Cool Ranch, yeah. Tayshawn? And
3: then original uh, Doritos. I like I like normal Doritos better. Original That's all
5: Doritos. Right. Those are one oh, or two of me, yeah.
2: cheese, nacho cheese ones.
5: Are they Yeah, nachos. I mean,
2: yeah, that's like, original. Yeah. Oh yeah.
5: I just never heard anybody say that my whole life.
2: Yeah, nobody says it. It's not that is true. Nobody when I say Doritos,
5: original. I think of the cheese
3: ones, the normal ones. But if I'm buying Doritos, Jay, I'm getting that uh, yeah, purple. What is it? Yeah, purple, sweet and spicy, chili.
2: Yeah, sweet spicy chili. Yeah, it's the best chip that's ever been created. Really and then at in like, there. so here's so here's a real question about that is do you end which one's worse the which one gets left over the fritos or the original lays?
5: well it depends on what else is around do i have any chili to uh yep. to pair then the, i'm definitely the fritos are
2: both of them are way. dependent on something else you have to put them with
5: yeah do i have just a uh if i'm if i'm just going like hot dog with ketchup i'll do the Lace, Right? yeah 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 you know what i mean
3: if I want like a substantial snack, I'll get normal Fritos because eating Fritos sometimes it's, it's, like, it's a meal. like,
5: yeah, it's like <laughs> it's heavy. But if I'm going Fritos, if I get to pick the, the Fritos, if I'm going to the store to pick the Fritos, I'm picking Chili Cheese Fritos. Oh.
2: Yeah. All day. All day. All right. I've got two questions for you guys. Number one. This Obviously. is from... This, one, this first one is from at Showtime is back. Being debated among his friends. What is a good age to get married and start having kids? As
3: soon as possible. Whenever it's legal in your country.
2: <laughs> I was 29 when I got married. And uh, I would say that was not a bad age, but if I would have known how awesome married life was, I would have gotten married earlier.
3: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, though. I don't think married life would have been as awesome
2: if you got married earlier. Maybe. There's a chance. Here's what I'll say is I think there's two sides of this is don't. I think there's this pressure, especially in Oklahoma, to get married in your 20s. Um, don't feel that pressure, like get married whenever you're ready for it. Uh, the hard part is, is like, if you keep waiting, you'll never be ready for it. Um, because it takes, I think the thing that's so important about marriage is that's, it's one of the first things in your life that you really have to do where your whole life becomes about somebody that's not yourself. And so that's the first step to that. So if you're not like, that's the thing you have to be ready for, like, Hey, this becomes about my spouse. And then the second thing, like, in addition to that with kids is that's like, that's when every part of yourself dies, right? Like everything becomes then about your kid and your wife. And so when you're ready for that, uh, jump in, in that right, Taylor?
3: Yeah. I also want to say so that I agree with that Jay, but also like my wife was engaged before and that got called off. I was almost engaged to someone before and that didn't happen. And I'm so glad that I did not, pursue that way when, right. when it was at that time right so it's like there is there is both sides of the same coin of like yeah commit but also is this the person to commit yeah. you to just want to be yeah. sure
5: it's not yeah. yeah it's not so much of a timeline as much as it is like the yeah. right person yeah. like being sure yeah. that it's the right person right there, it's not a right person like go right ahead You got
3: questions, it, it's just a number from andrew yeah, yes,
2: yeah, that's it's that line from when Harry met Sally. Is when you find the person you want to spend the rest of your life with, you want the rest of your life to start now.
5: That's right.
2: Wow. So figure that out, man. All right, last question. I'm going to take this one off the pod. Let Andrew and Taylor deal with this. This is from at Comeback Kid Cody Mankin. My wife is due with her first child in three weeks. Any words of wisdom from the Pod Fathers? Mm. Just get to get to the third month, man. <laughs>
3: so it's funny like there's so many babies in my life right now Andrew my my best friend Michael just had a baby yeah yeah I've seen that and she is a week old now and it's funny like when I was when my baby was a week old so this was only about three months ago it was fine it seemed like this is crazy this is hectic but it's whatever now that I look back at the first week it's a freaking nightmare to look back at <laughs> but during it it wasn't so the thing is just be present because as long as you're just present and accepting whatever is happening yeah then you'll be fine and then you can look back and be like whoa with some perspective that was insane
5: yeah be present be as helpful as you can to your wife because i don't think that we can even imagine all like everything that they'll have that they've gone through not only like in childbirth mm-hmm. but like And everything like after that is a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. And so like, just be, be there, be as helpful as you can. Just accept right now, accept it that you're, you will never sleep the same in your whole life ever again. Yes. And so just accept it. It's going to be fine. You're going to be fine. It's an adjustment, but you'll be fine. Dude.
3: Also, I felt like something, I felt like something clicked in when I became a dad where I just didn't need sleep as much. Yeah. Or like I could just sleep in broken up periods and I'm fine. I feel the same.
5: Oh, yeah. My wife. My wife. But yeah, just just be, I mean, honestly, like be a servant to your wife. Understand that she's going through a lot that you can't understand. And just enjoy it. Like enjoy holding a baby as long as you can. Because eventually you're not going to be able to hold the baby anymore. Dead serious. Eventually you're running away. Seriously. My two-year-old yells at me all the time don't hold me dad don't hold me Uh, so that's bad hold your baby Uh, i want to be specific about like
3: on the male end of the postpartum stuff with the wife with the woman yeah one we had no idea what the physical healing part of this was going to be like it's a lot yeah it's a lot yeah. and people do not talk about it people are like yeah give yourself time to heal and that's kind of what the they say about the real stuff yeah. yeah that's not the real story man like when you realize what she has to do to after this
0: <laughs>
3: after it's just, I'm so glad
5: to be a man so, yeah for real Just, just thanks the good lord every day to be a man but enjoy it. Just enjoy the time. It goes quick. It seriously, it, it does. Out. So, please check. It out. Enjoy it. Debbie! 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 Debbie!
1: Debbie! 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 Welcome to a very special edition of the Deborah Buckets Basketball Hour. Bucketheads, I bring you glad tidings. An event has occurred which necessitates our meeting here today. An event which was months in the making and has finally come to fruition. A man who played an instrumental role in so many thunder tragedies over the years, including the Harden trade, the Patrick Beverley play, and that time when Harden wouldn't let Dort attempt a series winning three. Come on James, just let him shoot it. It could be fun. You guys aren't beating the Lakers. I'm here to tell you that that man, that man who brought us those terrible terrible memories can no longer hurt us. In fact, I would argue that Daryl Morey is a Thunder hero. What's that you say? Daryl Morey, a hero? Has Deborah Buckets lost her marbles? No, dear listener, do not fear. My marbles are exactly where they're supposed to be, in a little satchel I keep in my pocket to play marbles and jacks with the neighborhood children. Daryl Morey is an Oklahoma City Thunder hero. What he took away with the hardened trade, he gaveth back with the Russell Westbrook trade and his subsequent abandonment of the Houston Rockets. Only one season ago, the Thunder were headed for the same dead end that the Rockets now face. Now for those of you out there with Twitter handles like, Russ is my entire online personality, you probably won't agree with me and that's okay. I understand your perspective. We just needed to hold on a little longer, surround Russ with the right pieces, and before too long, we would have been raising that banner in Chesapeake Arena that said made it past the first round. But you're wrong. The Thunder were in the process of driving off a cliff and were only choosing which awful landing spot they should aim for. But in our darkest moment, a hero emerged a hero named Daryl Morey. Daryl took our star, gave us a better one, and threw in a few picks and pick swaps for good measure. He then proceeded to upend his roster to better fit his MVP, James Harden. No, No, hold on a second, I read that wrong. He proceeded to upend his roster to better fit someone who wasn't his MVP, James Harden. He mortgaged the team's future for a second round exit and then unceremoniously left, leaving the Rockets with no coach the oldest roster in the league, according to hispanosmba.com, limited future picks, no future flexibility, and a top five worst contract in the league. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but after the Thunder build Russ's statue in front of Chesapeake Arena, I hope they'll consider a smaller monument to honor what Daryl Morey did for this franchise. He saved the Thunder while destroying the Rockets. What more could you ask from a hero? F. Scott Fitzgerald once wrote, Show me a hero and I'll write you a tragedy. So while we celebrate our new Thunder hero, don't forget the tragedy of his story. The brilliant GM who changed the league but could never win the big one. The man who made the shrewd trade for the superstar, only to have that superstar force him into a trade that doomed the franchise. The man whose ambitions were always capped by owners unwilling to spend. And so, before we go, let us spare a thought for our good friend, Tillman Fertitta. Tillman bought a team positioned to be a perennial contender in a top 5 market with an MVP candidate, inheriting arguably a top 5 GM-coach combo. Within only a few years, both parts of that top 5 GM-coach combo have chosen on their own to leave the team. Chose! They weren't fired. No, 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 Tillman's not the erratic rich owner who fires everyone to put his people in place. He's so bad that the good people leave before he even has a chance to fire them. And so I leave you with this, a quote from our favorite Rockets Twitter account, Red94. He tweets, my prediction is that Tillman's son will be the GM within five years max once he learns the ropes. I'd bet good money on this